my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Financial Heresy, where we talk about how money works so that you can make more, keep more, and give more. I've got a very exciting guest on with us today, a little bit of a uh, different episode than you guys uh, may be used to. Got my uh, new friend Bridger Pennington on the podcast with us today. He runs a company called Fund Launch and has uh, years of experience starting funds like hedge funds successfully and now has tens of thousands of students that he teaches how to do the exact same thing. And so really exciting episode because many people just don't know that this is an option. We're going to listen to some stories about just entrepreneurs, small business owners wanting to scale and uh, through Bridger's help realizing, hey, starting a fund may actually be the best way to help your business scale and to capture more of that upside yourself instead of doing things like, you know, SBA loans to buy out competitors or things like that. So really excited to have this uh, really unique conversation here and bring another perspective to the table for anybody out there running a small business, any professional investors, whether it's in real estate or other specialties like commodities or trading, Forex, things like that, and uh, kind of uh, present a new opportunity that may be able to make you guys and your clients a ton of money. Bridger, thank you so much for joining us today. Bridger, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Joe, this is going to be fun, dude. I'm I'm excited to talk. Yeah, let's dive in. Yes. All right. So let me, uh, let me hear a brief intro to, uh, to your, before we get into your story, what is it exactly that you do? Because you run fund launch, you, you make uh, a bunch of content about, um, you know, something that maybe, you know, people are uh, in a little bit of a different world. So what is it that you do? Yeah, just kind of high level. So we, I run two companies called I run a, a fund launch. We help train people how to do funds. So we have fifty five thousand students around the world. We have eleven student funds now over ten million dollars or hundred million dollars. Fifty student funds over ten million. We help people launch funds. We're called fund launch for a reason. So we have courses, coaching. We have live events. We just had two thousand people in Miami at a live event sold out. We had Ed Milet come speak. All this crazy stuff. So we have a lot of people awesome. launch funds there, and we bring in our whole mission is to help people 
like decentralize Wall Street, decentralize mm. this, like the, the oligarchs of Wall Street that have ran huge funds that control all the organizations that buy up everything. They use this business model. And in the past, no one's known about it. It's been, you know, you got to go to an Ivy League school or you got to go to, you know, be work on Wall Street for 25 years to figure this out. And we're, we're letting regular people like me and you figure this game out and be able to scale funds, which is pretty cool. So hedge funds, private equity, venture capital. So I also run a hedge fund as well. So I currently run a, a hedge fund. Um, it's my third fund. I, I pre- previously ran two funds that were debt funds. It's kind of how I got in this space. And my dad mm-hmm. runs a big fund. My brother's an investment funds attorney. We brought in... I don't know, dozens of different mentors that run funds to help coach and teach and stuff. So that's the high level. It's pretty fun. Yeah, we have a good time. That's awesome. Okay. And um, what we'll get into, I uh, I suspect, is that most people don't know that this is, number one, attainable, and number two, uh, you know, beneficial uh, for them. And uh, I'm excited to explore how this is, uh, is going to be something that um, is, you know, going to kind of flip on some light switches for people, basically, that they didn't realize they could do this. <laughs> how did you get started with this? How, how did you get into this world? Yeah, so I'll take you back a little bit. So I, uh, I grew up in a pretty normal house. And uh, I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. Nothing bad, but nothing great either. My dad drove a crappy car and just he was an entrepreneur. And so I, I grew up, I went to college, I actually served a two year LDS mission for the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. I went to Taiwan. I speak Mandarin Chinese and I came home. I came home very ambitious. So I got home and I was like, okay, I got to get to work. And so I started six businesses my first two years of college. I started a Chinese tutoring business. I wholesaled two houses. I did a website building company. I actually made actually pretty decent money in college. And then finally, my, um, my dad grabs me and goes, Bridger, you're kind of like a chicken with your head cut off. I want you to go meet with my business partner. This guy can really help you out. I said, okay, I'll go meet with whoever. So I, I went and met with this guy and I pulled up to his house and he lives in this beautiful gated community. It's this gorgeous home. I knock on the door. I'm a little nervous. Like I get brought in. It's got, he's got the basketball court in the basement, the cars, the wine cellar, like everything. And I'm like, holy crap, this guy is, you know, uber wealthy. We sit down, we start to chat. And I finally ask him like, you know, how'd you do this? And he goes, Bridger, I was a lot like you in my twenties. I started a bunch of businesses and actually I had moderate success, but then he goes, then I figured out the secrets of the ultra wealthy, the ultra wealthy Hmm. families of the world. They send their kids to the best university. Sometimes they cheat to get them in. (laughs) We've seen that. And then they want them to go work in the fund space, hedge funds, private equity, real estate funds, or come back home and run the family office. Hmm. And he goes, I wanted to learn. And I met a guy who ran a private equity fund that was one of the wealthiest people I'd ever met. He said, I didn't, he goes, I didn't care how long it took me. I don't care if it took me one year, five years, or 20 years. I was going to figure out what a fund was and how to launch one. And he goes, that's what we did. And he goes, right at the time, they were managing $8 billion of real estate. Hmm. Which to put that in perspective, that's twice as big as Grant Cardone and Cardone Capital is today. And that was, I don't know, seven years ago, eight years hmm. ago. Today, they're now over $40 billion um, AUM. They're a top five real estate fund in the world. My dad is the co- one of the co-founders now since retired. And anyways, I'm, I'm sitting in this guy's house and I'm like shocked. I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. Um, how can I learn more? I said, can you be my mentor? Can you coach me? Like, can you help me out with this? And <laughs> the guy kind of laughed. He goes, Bridger, go talk to your dad. Your dad knows way more about this than I do. And I said, no, my dad's kind of broke. We're poor. You're obviously super rich. Like I want to learn from you. And he goes, Bridger, sorry to break it to you, but me and your dad make about the same amount of money. And my chin <laughs> dropped to the floor. I was like, huh? Come again? He's like, yeah, you know, me and your dad are pretty much equal business partners on this. And I, dude, I left the dude's house. I went straight to my dad's house and I was like, dad, what the heck? Like, what is going on? Like, why haven't I been able to order a soda at Chipotle for the past 10 years? Cause it's too expensive. And yet you're managing billions of dollars of real estate. And anyways, long story short, my dad starts to teach me about funds. And every Sunday night, I'd go to his house and we'd whiteboard out how funds work, how they're put together, the SEC, compliance, all this crazy stuff, how to raise capital, how to do an investment strategy, like all this stuff. And so it's, you know, like all things in life, if you start to learn something, you recognize that thing in your life. If you ever buy a new car, mm-hmm. you always recognize that thing. So I started to recognize opportunities for funds. I was in college. I'm working a job at the time. At that job, I, had, uh, I saw an opportunity where we could start a fund inside of this company. They needed a financing mm-hmm. for their clients. And so I talked to the owners of the business. They thought it was a cool idea. I took it to my dad. He thought it was a cool idea. So we started to build out this fund. We, I was 22 years old, super excited. I built this little fund together. And then I hit this, I had this wall. I was like, crap. 
how am I going to raise money? Like who's going to invest in me? No one would, I, I'm a broke, I'm a college kid, whatever, all these, all these things. And then I thought, aha, my dad, like, duh, my dad will invest <laughs> with me. Right. And so I went and I, I remember it was a late Sunday night. I went and pitched my dad and I was like, dad, how would you like to be our first investor in our fund? And my dad says, Bridger, if I invest in your fund, it would ruin the experience of you raising money on your own. Hmm. And this is a crutch that you'll never be able to recover from. And he told me no. And he said, I'm not going to invest in your fund, but go out and do this. And so I, I walked out with my tail between my legs a little bit. I, uh, I decided to hit the streets. I talked to everybody I knew, former bosses, college professors, friends, family, whoever. I raised a whopping $49,500 for this first little micro fund. But it was enough to get started. It's probably one of the smallest funds to ever launch. But I launched this fund at 22 years old. We were doing these short-term loans. They were like $1,000 to $5,000 a loan. And we do these little loans. And they actually did really well. Our first group of investors got a 64% return on their money, which was hmm. pretty awesome. We then dovetailed yeah. that into a second fund. We kind of made it more official and established. We launched a second fund. That second fund, we, we raised and deployed millions of dollars out of that fund. It did very well. We were doing hundreds of deals a year. I ran that for about three and a half, four years. Um, and then I had a competitor actually come and buy us out. So I actually sold that fund, had an exit on it, made some decent money on it. And, uh, and then, um, during that time period, a lot of people started to ask me, my dad, my, and my brother is an investment funds attorney. And so they started to ask us three, like, how do you guys do funds? We started making content online and a YouTube channel. And then it dovetailed into like, can we do coaching or events or other stuff? And it's now it's 60,000 students and all around the world. And it's just crazy how much it's grown into. And it, I have 50 employees now that work in my company that help do this and help coach people mm. and mentor and just all this stuff. And it's been phenomenal. And then recently we just launched a hedge fund. So I just launched a, a crypto hedge fund. I mentioned that earlier. We raised $10 million in our initial launch and we're still raising money. It's open in a fund and it's been really cool there. So it's been a phenomenal ride and we're still, still on the journey and uh, it's been pretty fun. So that's the, that's the quick and dirty story of kind of how, where I'm at today. That's awesome. And uh, I, I just from like a family perspective, I, I really uh, that, that's a lot of I have a lot of respect for and I'm sure you do, too, for your dad saying uh, no, because that's going to be that's going to be a crush that you won't be able to recover from. Um, and, uh, you know, you can imagine the online uh, online comments, I'm sure, you know, as everybody gets them already, you know, the the, the daddy's money type of uh, type of uh, haters out there. Yep. You can be like, no, actually, no, <laughs> even well, though yeah, I wanted it. Day. <laughs> my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You know what's funny is I pitch my dad all the time on projects. Yeah. Like I'm like, dad, dude, there's a sweet real estate deal. Till this day, he has never invested in a single thing I brought him. <laughs> zero. zero. My own fault, like anything. He's a zero. Like I'm like 0 for 20. And it's it's actually really cool though. He and but what he has yeah. done, he's been an incredible mentor. My dad is a phenomenal mentor. I can pick up the phone any day, call him, get advice, coaching, whatever I need. And kind of the premise of our group was like, hey, I feel very lucky. To have a dad who taught me that. My dad, by the way, grew up in ghetto North Las Vegas. He got C's and B's in college. He wasn't like some Wall Street slick. He never worked on Wall Street. He just figured out this game was just a hustling entrepreneur, figured mm-hmm. out what a fund was. They built this massive company and it grew. And he's got amazing partners and team. And But he's one of the original guys that started it. And it's just a really cool story to just see what he did. And I, what I tell people is like, yo, I want to give you guys the same access that I had. I had access yeah. to an incredible dad. Do you guys want the same access as well? Do you want to come learn from this guy and other, and we're actually not going to just have him. We're going to bring in 15 or 20 other mentors that run funds that can mm-hmm. do come to events. We, and we throw out these big events and we do, we do all sorts of free, like I have free courses and just, I just want to help. The whole goal is to help more people understand this game. I think it's like, I, I just want more people to understand what a fund is, how to run one, how to scale one, because it is one of the best business vehicles ever created on freaking planet Earth. There's a reason the Forbes 100 list is riddled with fund managers. It's an incredible mm. business vehicle that regular people should be thinking about, at least approaching and using. Now, I, I assume that, uh, that the average person who comes, uh, comes across your content, you know, maybe for the first time is thinking, man, this guy is telling me that, you know, I could, I could start a fund. That's the last thing that I would ever think about. That's not something attainable to me. What is the biggest, um, like the, the first like mental hurdle, like the biggest misunderstanding that people have about what you do and what, you know, they are able to do. Well, I, there's a lot, but I think the first one is that that it's too complex. People Mm. think, and this is actually true with a lot of just financial things. They, you know, you know this, they, there's so many financial terms that sound so crazy. Yeah. And then you really explain it. It's like, it's pretty simple. It's not that crazy. Like for, for example, all a fund is, if people bring up, you've probably heard terms like hedge fund, private equity, real estate, like what's the difference between all those funds? Guess what? They're pretty much all the exact same. All they really are, in the most basic sense, a fund is just a pool of money. Investors put money into that pool. And then me and you as fund managers can draw from that pool. We go make investments. And whenever those investments make money, we just split the returns. So like back in the day, it was like, hey, let's open up a blacksmith shop, put some money in. And whenever we make money running this shop, we'll just split the returns. That's a Mm -hmm. the most basic sense. That's pretty much a fund. Now, the only difference between all these fund types is what they invest into. So for example, private equity is a pool of money and they go buy private equity. They buy privately held businesses. So they'll go buy like mm. a great example, Sycamore Partners on Wall Street. You probably maybe never heard of them, but they own Aeropostale, Nine West Shoes. They were last year, uh, two years ago, they almost bought Victoria's Secret. I believe last year they bought Kohl's Department Store. They own Staples. Mm. That's all owned by a private equity firm. They just consult industry. That's private equity. Uh, hedge fund. Instead of buying private companies, they buy public securities. They buy stocks, bonds, options, Forex, crypto, public things. It's the same. It's just a pool of money. They just buy things. a real estate mm-hmm. fund. It's in the name. They just have a pool of money. They go buy real estate. 
it's really not that complex. Like when you break it down, it's, it's pretty simple. So that's one of the first ones <laughs> people are like, Oh, they're like, yeah, it's not yeah. that crazy. You know, like this, like, and then we kind of show them. And I, I, I even tell people too, running a fund, by the way, is not for everybody. However, you need to understand the, how this game works because Just you're going to be working because it might, be you're going to be you. working at a, yeah, exactly. You're going to be working at a company that might sell to a private equity firm. You might want to sell your business to a bigger firm. You might, you're going to, in one shape, way, shape, or form, engage with funds. One in five homes last year were purchased by funds. One in mm. five residential homes in the United States were purchased by funds. You're, like, you need to understand this game. It is taking over every industry. So the first step is at least understand it and then you know, potentially approach even launching your own and getting into it. Yeah, I, I agree. There's just because... Just because something seems complex doesn't mean it is. And that's even more of a reason to try and understand it because you may be missing out on something that uh, that you need. This is like an example of mine I, that I teach people how to trade advanced options strategies. It's not because mm-hmm. I think everybody should go be a day trader or anything like that. But um, you need to understand what they are and how they work just in case. Because what if you do need to make sure you have, you know, fire insurance on your stock portfolio. Did you know that was possible? Mm -hmm. And if you know it's possible, do you know how to do it? Um, And so just because something is complex sometimes means you should learn about Mm -hmm. it. The legal structure of these, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're just limited partnerships, right? Most is a few different ones, but the most common is a general partner, limited partnership structure. Yeah. GPLP structure. Yeah. Okay. And for anybody who's not familiar, like if you go set up a lemonade stand on a corner with your buddy, you're a limited partnership, legally speaking. That's the default. Um, if you get grandma to buy your lemonade for you, she's the uh, limited partner and you're the general partner. You're running the running the business and she invested. It's the same thing, right? You get the investors putting the money in the pool and then the people managing it go out and find where to invest it. Yeah. So back to my example. Yeah. The, the pool would be the limited partnership. That's your pool of money. Limited partners put money, investors put money into the limited partnership. And then me and you as the general partner manage the limited partnership, if that makes any sense at all. But again, it's just managers managing a pool of money that investors have put money into. And then you have, you know, different legal docs and we can dive into all the structures if you want. There's advanced feeder yeah. funds. There's international like Luxembourg, Cayman Island funds. We can go crazy if you want, but uh, <laughs> parallel funds you can do. It's just pretty cool. But uh, anyways, that's the most basic, basic structure. Good. Okay. All right. Um, now that you mentioned uh, two different, I can't remember if this was in our conversation before we recorded or uh, if, if you mentioned it during this podcast, but you mentioned your first fund that you started, you raised, you know, $49,000. You also mentioned you knew somebody or had a friend who started a fund with uh, gun stores. Uh, these sound mm. like very small, like nobody would look at that and think, oh, here's an opportunity for a fund. They're thinking Wall Street, massive money, Ray Dalio, Bridgewater, you know, they're thinking the the elites. This is like on the ground, little mom and pop type of stuff. Um, so is there a big market for starting small funds? Yes, 100%. I'll actually share a few examples. Um, we can dive into them. But yeah, you know, again, you can play in the big realm. There's actually a ton of statistics out about emerging managers. Small Hmm. funds under $30 million actually outperform consistently funds over a billion dollars. Funds over a billion dollars, it's a lot harder to deploy and get good returns on a billion dollars. It's a lot easier to get the same return on a $10 million fund or a 20 or a 30 or a 50 or even a $1 million fund. So a few Hmm. examples, um, the gun store is a pretty interesting one. So this is actually funds for business owners. If somebody's watching this and it owns a business, um, we've actually started to set people up funds for this reason. So for this one example, a true example, this guy calls me up. He runs a gun store in Utah. They sell guns. He does, let's just call it around 10 million a year. He's like, Bridger, I want to go scale. I want to buy up my competitors. I kind of want to own my region. I really want to scale. Like, what are my options? And traditionally, most people, the options are debt or equity. You go get a a Mm -hmm. loan from the bank, an SBA loan, whatever. You go buy up your competitors or you give up equity, kind of like Shark Tank. You give up Kevin O'Leary, like 20% of your company and they they become a financial partner. But you have to give up your core business or put leverage on your core business. And Mm -hmm. I I told him, I said, those are fine options, but there's also a third option. You set up an outside fund. So think through this with me. He's got his $10 million business. He leaves that as is. He opens up a brand new fund, raises capital, and that fund goes and buys up his six or seven competitors in the area. And they buy them. And they now own these six or seven businesses. 
Well, his original gun store, they're actually pretty good at managing gun stores. And so the fund is going to contract his store to help manage the store's forums. And they're going to pay like a corporate fee of let's call it 5%. And so then Mm -hmm. he can come in with his other store and controls now all six stores. He can put his branding on it, his logos. He has his supply chains, his vendors. And all of a sudden, he now controls. He has a monopoly on a whole area. Now, as revenues are generated, the new stores that were purchased, those revenues still go to the fund. They still pay like a management fee, corporate fee to to him. But guess what? Mm -hmm. He also owns the fund. So he's an owner of the fund, which gets a distribution there. And then he also keeps his existing business. And ta-da! He now has a monopoly on a whole region. This is happening at scale Hmm. right now. Dental practices are getting rolled up like crazy. If you haven't noticed Hmm. this, there's most dentist offices are getting offers every day. I was with a dentist last week. He's like, I've had three offers in last year to sell my practice. They are rolling these together. Car washes. I don't know. And I'm in Utah, but there's Hmm. like Wiggy Wash and Quick Quack and all these car washes. They are are one or two companies that are buying up this whole space. Uh, Restaurants are getting consolidated right now through, and these are all done through funds. So we have another guy, he actually, he goes and finds restaurants that are, you know, you know, that local town pizza joint. That's just amazing. He'll go find that one pizza joint that has the best pizza ever. And he says, Hey, do you guys want to scale? And then he builds a fund. He goes and opens 30 locations for them. And then Hmm. they do a profit sharing split on that. And he does, he's done that with like five or six brands at this point. So there's a lot of this, that would be called micro private equity, this kind of play. Um, there's also this, this happens in um, a lot of different markets, small real estate markets, hedge fund. The one space that it's a little bit harder is, is the hedge fund space because you are playing on a, f- a flat sphere. There are some places where you can do this, but you, you know, you do call options and, and advanced options trading a little bit harder to find niches in there. You still can, yeah. but you're, you're still playing against the big boys, but in yeah. a, in a private equity sense or a business sense, you can really carve out a niche and market that's untouched from these bigger players, which is pretty cool. Now, buying out, com- yeah, yeah. So buying out competitors, that can either be a minority stake, majority stake, full buyout, and any of those? You, whatever, yeah, whatever you want to do. You can do any any of the above. I think in this case, he yeah. wanted to buy, like take a majority or just buy out them completely because he wanted to put his branding on it. He wanted to like take full control Got of it. these businesses. So that was his strategy. Other ones can take minority stakes. Some do, you can do whatever you want. That's the cool thing about funds too. You can kind of write the rules of what you want to do. We had a guy, um, he was a house flipper. He flipped about four houses a year and he'd do one every quarter and he made good money. He made like 40 to 60 grand a house flip. We set him up a fund. He flipped 72 houses the next year. Wow. Which is cool. He has economies of scale. Each, the average cost to flip per house went down because he has crews that can go house to house. He then gets bank relationships. So he gets a cheaper cost of capital cost of debt because banks are going to lend to him at a cheaper rate. And all of a sudden he can outbid all of his competitor, other house flippers that are only flipping one or two houses. Oh, and by the way, he can close cash tomorrow because he has a fund behind him to do this. So there's like, there's a hundred use cases, but it's, it's just, it's phenomenal what this game can do. And that's kind of on the small level. I mean, this is, this is why, you know, most people that are good at, I'll just call it finance, end up running a fund one day. And I can go through a lot more pros and cons, but the goal almost for everybody, if you just watch them, they do syndication at the beginning, they kind of do small deals, but almost everybody ends up in a fund because it's just so juicy. It's such a good business model and good vehicle mm-hmm. to scale. So again, yeah. funds aren't for everybody, but if you want to scale, it's something you bolt on to an existing business or an existing investment strategy, and it just allows you to scale like crazy. Now, you, you, you've got venture, you've got private, you've got hedge funds. These are not legal distinctions. You said there's distinctions in how they invest, but you could have one fund that does a little bit in public markets, a little bit in private markets. They do, you know, they deal kind of across the board or no. Uh, so yes and no, there's a few that you can file for those distinctions and you get like extra exemptions. So real Mm. estate funds can file under a three C five exemption. They get extra exemption, uh, venture capital funds get like a ton of exemptions. They're awesome. They get all these cool stuff, but no, the, the answer is yes, you actually, you can, they're almost all pretty much the same though. Um, so yeah, you could run a fund that bought real estate and traded options and did venture like that. That would, you'd write that in your LP and PPM and put that together and that'd be pretty much, yeah, you just put that in there. Now I probably wouldn't suggest that in, you know, portfolio, but you could do it if you wanted to. Sure. 
if somebody was attempting to do like, uh, you know, like Ray Dalio's all weather fund is, you know, we we're diversified across these asset classes so that your purchasing power stays the same. It's, you know, going to, so it's, it's got, you know, a broad number uh, of different types of assets that it invests in. Um, and so what something like that is, uh, theoretically possible, even though it might not be, you know, uh, Oh yeah, it's totally, totally fine. I kind of use the analogy of, yeah, I, I use the analogy of like, uh, you know, people are always worried about funds. Like there's so much compliance or regulation. I just don't really want to think about it. And mm-hmm. I use the analogy of like American football. Imagine you grew up somewhere around the world and you came to America and somebody walked you into like a, you know, Raiders game and you walked in and started to just watch American football. And you said that you'd probably be super confused. Like what's a flag, a fourth down, a punt, a field goal, like offside. Like what do all these terms mean? Like I don't get the game. And you'd, you'd probably be like, this is too complex. I don't want to learn this. I don't want to play it. But that's take that same example. And let's say someone came with you to the game and like had a deep understanding of football and they actually taught you the rules in -hmm. probably 15 or 20 minutes. You'd probably understand the game decently well. And, and you could even probably come up with some strategy inside the game a little bit. Yeah. I kind of think the same thing about funds from the outside looking in, it's like, Oh, it looks so scary. There's so many rules. But in reality, once you learn where the lines are and where the field goal is and what a punt is or whatever, all of a sudden there's tons of plays and strategy and different things you can do inside of the rules. And actually it's very diverse. I mean, you can, it's actually really cool. I tell people like, people always ask me, Bridger, can I do a fund for this or this or that? And like the answer 99.9% of the time is yes. Yeah. Hmm. Like there's a few fences that you got to stay in on how do you, how you raise capital or how you approach your offering. But like, as far as strategy goes of your fund, like you can the pretty much the sky's the limit on your strategy of what you want to do. Um, you just write in your LP and PPM and bam, you go after it, which is pretty cool. In terms of investors, um, there's uh, there's different qualifications. You've got, you know, for the most part, non-accredited investors are not going to be able to invest in these unless you stay small, right? So the last 10 years, um, well, just to point out, so yeah, we have non-accredited investors, which just don't qualify for anything. You then have accredited investors that have a million dollar net worth or they make $200,000 a year or $300,000 a year with a spouse. Um, and there's a few, they've added a few more things. You take a test now and other stuff. That's an accredited investor. There's actually two tiers higher than accredited investor. You have qualified client. They have a $2.2 million net worth excluding their home. And then you have a qualified purchaser that has a $5 million net worth excluding their home or a $25 million entity with their assets. Um, so there's all these different tiers and different funds will can go after different types of investor classes, which a lot of people don't know. Most people know non-accredited and accredited. There's actually two tiers above that. You'll hear people on like CNBC and they'll be like, hey, we, we only raise from qualified investors. Hmm. And you think that means, oh, it's accredited investors or above. That's not what they mean. They mean qualified clients or qualified purchasers, which hmm. most people don't know about. But anyways, I digress. Most funds, though, just in, in a general sense, are raising from accredited investors or above. That's pretty standard. There are a few uh, new rules that have come out called Reg A and Reg CF. Uh, so that's regulation crowdfunding and then Reg A funds. You can raise from non-accredited investors, which is pretty much anybody. There's a few different rules you got to jump through um, to do that, but it's you can raise from those people as well. Kind of in just a general sense, the way the SEC works, in my opinion, the higher the net worth of the individual, the less regulation on that individual. The lower the net worth, the more the regulation. The SEC wants to protect the little guy. They want to protect Mm -hmm. grandma from losing her last $10,000 with some slick talking fund manager, right? Mm -hmm. But if you you take a multi-millionaire, if you take some of their money and you lose it, well... That stinks, but you know they're going to be okay. They're going to be able to eat and sleep and be just fine. So, um, anyways, yeah, Reg A, Reg CF, like Cardone Capital, they've done a great job. Fundrise has done a good job with Reg A's, Reg CF's. Uh, you'll mm-hmm. see Instagram ads and stuff with Reg A's and Reg CF's that they they go after the non-accredited investors. We actually saw a recent study done. The average investment check size of a Reg A, I think, it was like five hundred and sixty dollars. Okay. The average check size of a Reg CF was like two hundred and ten dollars. So <laughs> to raise a million dollars, I mean, you're raising from 10,000 people and yeah. imagine the phone calls, the customer service, yeah. like you got to <laughs> issue tax documents. I mean, so I tell people like you can do it, but just understand it's a yeah. lot more lift on the yeah. support and systems and customer service and taxes and stuff versus if you raise a million bucks from three people that all put in, you know, 
right. three to 400 grand. You know, it's a lot easier to just call them up and send them their tax forms. It's pretty easy. So just so I'd imagine then that that raising capital is the biggest bottleneck to starting a fund. I mean, that's going to be the biggest hurdle, right? Um, yes and no. Okay. Um, it's, it's an obvious, like, yes, you need to raise capital, but there's plenty of capital. It's kind of like, you know, the salesperson that's like, ah, no one's buying. Well, it's like, well, okay. There's a couple things to dissect though. Do you have a really mm. good product? Right. And, mm. and, or are you communicating that product really well to the market? And if those answers are both, no, we have a terrible product. We can't communicate it. Well, yeah, you're not going to sell anything on the phone. Same thing with a fund. If you have a terrible investment strategy and team, like, yeah, you're not going to raise money. If you have a great investment strategy and a great team, there's plenty of money to come your way. I, you know, we talked about earlier, like how much wealth is created and how much capital is on the sidelines is enormous, waiting mm-hmm. for good funds and good deals to come forth. And so if you can communicate that offering well, and you have a good, you know, actually fulfillment on that offering, um, I mean, the, the sky's the limit. I mean, funds are out raising billion hundreds of billions of dollars every year uh on that there's plenty of money uh and they're printing more money every day you you know that better than anybody <laughs> um yeah. you know there's a massive amount of money in the system um and waiting to go into good funds and good deals so i think it's a it's a kind of a it, symptom of a bigger problem if you're not raising capital yeah that makes a lot of sense um what about what about people like you know without an audience? I mean, most people. If if I were to start a fund, I would you know I would start with you know looking to my audience to see if they wanted to invest. Most people, I assume, don't have a massive audience. What's step one to finding investors? This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Yeah. So a couple of things I'll share in this. So it's funny enough, most, there's actually the most common fund out there is a reg D 506 B fund. Hmm. That fund uh, does not allow you to publicly advertise. Oh, and that's interesting. Much, 90% of funds are not allowed to publicly advertise. That's why you don't see ads hmm. for Blackstone. You don't see ads for Bridgewater or Van. Like now it depends on the fund type, but they almost like Sequoias, not, they don't run any ads. They don't do anything. It has to be through word of hmm. mouth, which is pretty crazy. 
You, re- yeah. you have to have a pre-existing relationship. They do not want you to generally solicit to any audiences. Hmm. Now, there's a few different funds. You can run a 506C, which is what I run, and you'd probably do the same, I, I would think, where you actually can public advertise. There's a few more hoops to run through with that. But mm-hmm. um, so, but anyways, I just wanted to make that clear that most funds don't even have advertising hmm. dollars to spend at all because it's illegal for them to do that. So what they do, though, is they go to charity events, they go to dinners, they go to you know box seats at a game, they meet people, and they bring people into their network. And that's how they find hmm. people to invest. Uh, my dad's gotcha. that. They, I think they raised $100 million by taking people to the Utah Jazz box seats games, and they would just wine and dine, talk to people about, you know, and make relationships and make friends, and then they'd have them invest. So um, hmm. it's a lot of that. Now, I'm going to just step back for a second. Um, in a fund... There are three, this will help, I think, give a lot of clarity for a lot of these questions. In my opinion, there's three distinct roles in a fund. Number one, you have your expert investor. That's the person that sits in their basement all day and trades options or just is amazing at real estate or whatever they do. They're just the expert investor. They have a tracker. They're amazing. Yeah. The next circle or tier is the uh, fund manager. The, this person is very good at funds. I'm, I'm good at this. I go, I'm good at the compliance, the regulation, how to build the fund, how to structure operations, legal accounting, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm pretty good at that. The final bubble is raising money, capital raising. Okay, so you have your expert investor, you have your fund manager, and you have your capital raiser. Now, these are three distinct roles. Hmm. They can be done by one person or two people or 20 people. It doesn't matter, but all three roles need to be done. So in my fund, I run a crypto hedge fund. Mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I don't know that much about crypto. I'm, a, I'm an average, I'm actually, I've gotten better, but I'm, I'm a above average crypto guy. My two business partners, though, are absolute freaks and experts on crypto. They're my expert investors. They've been doing this for a decade since pretty much the beginning of Bitcoin. They've been doing this. And so we do that. I run the, I do the fund management, and I also I help raise capital with one of their partners. So we're decent capital raisers. So back to the question of like raising capital, or how do I build a track record? The, the question typically comes back to, it's not the how, it's the who. If you're not good at raising, you know, if you're not good at trading options, don't, you can try to build it. You can actually join your stuff, Joe, and like watch Joe trade and everything. He'll teach you, but you got to build a tracker and paper trade for a while. It takes a long time to become an expert investor, right? And so um, you got to build that tracker. And what I tell people is pick the route you want to go. I have another guy, Mm -hmm. he called me last year and he's like, we were, this is two years ago. Bridger, I've got two billionaires that are my friends. And this guy is a natural, just born salesman, natural networker. He's just charismatic. He just meets, he just meets everybody knows him, loves him. He's got all these relationships and friends. He's got these two billionaires that love him to death. And he's like, yeah, these guys want to invest, but they want to invest with like me, like my deal. He's like, Bridger, can I come be part of your fund and help you raise money and stuff? And I'm like, you're going to bring two billionaires. He's like, yeah. I was like, all right, saddle up, partner. Like, let's do it, you know? And he's not good at investing. He's not good at running funds, but he's really, really good at making introductions. So, you know, I, again, I, I tell people, don't get all stressed out of that. You have to do it all. Rarely does anyone build a fund by themselves. They almost always bring in different people with different strengths. If yeah. you feel like you need the Harvard degree, well, guess what? Harvard is pumping out thousands of graduates every year that are looking for jobs, especially to run a fund. So bring in a guy with a Harvard degree. Great. Hmm. If you need a really good capital raiser, bring them in. If you need someone that's really good at trading options or buying real estate or buying business, whatever, bring them in. And that's how you build, you know, your dream team around a fund. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Do you, uh, does fund launch help, uh, with the role of like the, the, the manager, like the compliance or the paperwork or setting up the fund or anything like that? Uh, beyond, does fund launch do any of that beyond education? Yeah, so fund launch, we're we're really good at the fund management circle and also the capital raising circle. I don't teach okay. anybody how to invest at all. I'm like, you go talk to sure. Joe, go talk to somebody else that's really good at investing. But yeah, fund launch, depending on, you know, we have we have free stuff. We have also a group where people join. We actually have lawyers that come in and like launch the fund with you. Like they build the docs. We have people that come design your pitch deck. We like have an investor database that helps you like go find investors. So we have a bunch of that stuff. Um, it's called our black card group that people can join that like launch their fund. We launched 130 funds last year out of that group, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Um, and we have some people that just want to learn and just want to, you know, dip their toes. But yeah, we do we do the whole gambit. But again, we focus primarily on how to run your fund, fund management, and capital raising. Um, mm-hmm. I can make introductions or help you like figure out your investment strategy a little bit. I'm gonna I'll think through it with you. I'll poke holes in it, but I'm not gonna teach you how to like flip houses. Right. I'm not gonna teach you how to trade. You can go learn that from somebody else and and come back when you're ready. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, last question. 
why fund, um, or I should say, I mean, private instead of like, like an ETF, basically. Mm-hmm. There's a big move over the last 10 years, 20 years towards, uh, you know, complete, like even, you know, even past just the, you know, n- like you don't need to be accredited. You're just listing a fund on an exchange. There's no two and 20. It's extremely transparent, low fees. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of money heading that direction. Um, so, uh, so I guess what's the difference and the advantage uh, to uh, running a, you know, hedge fund, private equity venture from the investor point of view or from like the manager point of view from the manager point of view if you're you're somebody that's saying hey i've got this business i've got you know this audience i've got this idea um and i'm considering the two what what's the what's the advantage to going this route um again you might know more than me my understanding to launch an etf and actually get it listed on a you know, decent place is extremely hard is what I've heard. I have a friend that just launched multiple, they've launched two ETFs. They're like, it took us a full year to launch them. And then it took us another three years to get them listed on Schwab and actually Schwab mm. and these other brokerages, they take a big commission check when anybody joins um, mm. on some of these, they have, they have a mutual fund product. They have a bunch of different products, but they, they're like, it's a, it's a journey to even get listed, let alone, get people to buy it, right? Get people to actually come in and buy and buy your ETF and market it. Um, a fund as from the manager point of view is, is pretty phenomenal. Depending on what you're doing, you have a full autonomy in your fund. It's, yeah. You set your rules and your guidelines of what you're going to invest into, but you yeah. like you write the Bible, you get to write the rules and regulations of what you want to buy. So let's just say, for example, you're doing a, a real estate fund. Uh, you know, in a real, a closed ended real estate fund, we're going to raise a hundred million dollars. We can lever that up to 300 million. Maybe we can go buy real estate and we're going to run this fund for seven to 10 years. Well, year mm-hmm. four, if someone needs liquidity year four and they come to you and let's just say they've, you know, they didn't pay taxes last year and it's one of your biggest investors. They've given you tens of millions of dollars. They come to you, Joe, Hey, we forgot to pay taxes last year. Can you get our money out and give us liquidity and stuff? And in a fund, you say, sorry, no, right. The, the, the properties are not ready to sell yet. My mm-hmm. fiduciary responsibility is not to individual investors. I have to do what's ready for the fund. These properties mm-hmm. are not ready to sell and we need to hold on to them. And they might be mad and scream, whatever. And you say, sorry, Hey, and our, maybe our PPM, it says, Hey, if you want to pull your money out, it's a 50% penalty. So yeah, we can pull out 50% penalty, but we keep the other half because we can't have people just on a whim pulling in and out because we have these properties. We can't just sell them instantly or fire sell them. We have to yeah. season them. So it gives you and actually protects other investors from each other. There's a great uh, scene in the, the big short with Michael Burry. Yep, yep. So uh, his investor comes in. You probably remember the scene. His investor comes in and is yelling at him. He's like, Michael, give me back my money. Right. And they're because mm-hmm. their fund is tanking because he's holding these, he's paying these premiums to hold their short on the housing market. And he's like, no, the mm-hmm. housing market's going to drop. Just give it some more time. And the guy's like, give me back my money. And Michael just goes, sorry, no. And yeah. that, pr- that shows the power of a fund. And yeah. because he can, you know, have full autonomy of where he wants to put that money and make that bet. Even if investors forgot to pay taxes or get scared or spooked on the market or whatever, the money and depending on, you can write your fund however you want. You can have them have liquidity. You can have them not have liquidity. And in his case, they couldn't have liquidity. And so mm-hmm. he just locks them up. And that's that what it does is typically it, it, it helps actually investors not make bad decisions. <laughs> Oftentimes investors yeah. will pull out at the worst time. And mm-hmm. when the price be the worst time to sell ever, but they're just scared. They want their money back. Right. And so I could go on and on. Additionally, it helps you with protections of legal liability. There's tons of legal protections that are amazing. Again, that's it's, this is the reason why most people that are successful in finance end up in funds. It's because of how much autonomy, how much protection limit the limits, your liability like crazy. Um, and as, and as actually very scalable across industries and sectors. Yeah. So I'll stop there, but that's kind of a few reasons. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And I like how the it, the advantage, yes, it's an advantage to uh, to you running a fund, but it's also for the investor because like you said, if you're investing in something like an ETF, 
um, then the the rules that the SEC sets on what that ETF can invest in have to align with what the investors can do, which is sell at any time. So mm-hmm. there may be something that is a fantastic has a fantastic return, but an ETF will never be able to buy it because it's not as liquid as it needs to be. Yep. And so as an investor, I will never have access to that if I'm restricting myself to uh, things that I could sell at any time. So that makes yep. a lot of sense. I could talk to you all day. Um, the, the this has been a fantastic conversation. Very very interesting because this is something that, like I said at the beginning, people just don't run across a lot, and there are probably opportunities that people are leaving on the table and have never considered. This is a way for me to be able to scale. This is a way for me to be able to transition. Uh, you know, get some financial freedom. I know how to do this. I can you know make a lot more money translating it into this way. So uh, for anybody who'd like to take that next step, um, I'm going to l- put the website in the show notes, uh, but where should they go? Yeah, fundlaunch.com is the best spot or just find me online, Bridger Pennington, but fundlaunch.com, if you guys want to, we actually build a full free course, 100% free course on funds. It's like 20 videos. It's just meant, again, I want to help people understand this game, at least the basics of this game, of what a fund is, how they're built, how to understand some of the rules around it. Because I I really, I, we, our mission statement is to empower people to launch a scale funds that move humanity forward. I think more people like us need to understand this game and decentralize Wall Street. We need to have more people playing in this realm and a more competitive marketplace. And I truly believe that. And so I I want you guys to come. It's a total free course. There's like downloadable things. There's like Excel documents in there that you can download and use. Um, And uh, and you guys can go check it out. So funlaunch.com is the place. You just put your email in and then you're in and then bam. And my secret, my, just uh, just if you want to know my sneaky marketing tactics is I'm hoping to just <laughs> give you tons of value up front. And one day when you want to launch a fund, you'll call us back up and we have a full system that like we, uh, you pay money for, but we have legal teams that come in and build the fund and launch it for you. But my whole goal is to give a ton of value up front, give it for free. And then one day when you're ready to launch a fund, you'll come, you'll remember our name and come back and call us and, and we'll help you out. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. This is really fun. Hope to do it again sometime. And uh, thank you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.